Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Welcome to episode 17, which we're calling Love, the Unconditional Kind. You know, I have always been kind of an all or nothing gal with everything in my life. If you can think of the steepest roller coaster, the most dramatic drop, that might be me. If you spend all your time up or all your time way down and as little time in the middle as possible with no pauses there then you've got me to a T. Maybe I've settled out a little bit in my old age, but in my older age, but I don't think I've gone very far away from that. You know, loving God has been quite the journey for me. And so today I really want to talk about this concept of unconditional love. I think in our society today, we really take the idea of unconditional love for granted We've really come to a place where love is quite conditional. In fact, if you don't keep me in my little comfort zone of, you know, treating me the way I need to be treated, then we we start quickly overusing terms like toxic relationship or I'm being triggered and so now I can't associate with you. And while I think that some of those terms really do have their place, I think that these days, what we've equated those terms to mean is people don't do things my way. They put me out. I have to do things that I don't want to do. They treat me disrespectfully. And so I'm not going to be around them if they're not going to treat me like I deserve. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not sitting here advocating for you to just lay down like a doormat and be walked all over. I do think that there's wisdom. But this definition of unconditional love, this idea that this is the love that God gives towards us, and then we're called to give towards other people. I really think by definition of unconditional, it's going to mean loving the people that are toxic, loving the people that trigger us, loving the people that we don't see eye to eye with, or we don't get along so well with. It doesn't mean just writing them out of our life. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the answer. And so today I want to tell you a little bit about my journey journey as a child because it relates so clearly to some aspects of unconditional love. So first of all, I gave my heart to Christ. I am a believer. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was somewhere around five or six. I don't actually remember which age I was, but I do remember clearly the moment in my bedroom where I asked my parents about salvation and what it meant. I remember them explaining how Jesus died for my sins 
and that I could ask for forgiveness and ask him to be the Lord of my life and thanking him for saving me and that I would be saved in that process. And I remember the day that our pastor came over with his little flip chart of pictures and sat in our living room asking me questions to be sure I understood what I was deciding. I remember getting baptized. I understood that I was telling others I wasn't ashamed of Jesus and that I was choosing to believe in him. But I also remember wanting to get baptized because that's what my friends had done. It was super cool. And I liked being the center of attention as long as it was positive. And whenever I got the chance, I took it. Getting immersed in a warm tank full of water in front of the entire congregation while they clapped seemed to fit the bill pretty well. Like, hey, I think this is my calling in life. So part of my experience loving Jesus and getting baptized really was genuine. And part of it was really about that fleshly desire to be in front of other people and have them think that I'm wonderful. I remember getting my Bible. I remember getting a little devotional book that we worked through reading the gospels and like writing down some little answers And I remember so clear that I was saved and that I needed to obey Jesus and follow his will for my life. I know without a shadow of a doubt that I understood that when I was young, because I remember being able to think about it even now. Unfortunately, I felt very unsuccessful at following Jesus and obeying his will for my life. I think as a result of my parents' personalities and my own, we kind of created the perfect storm together. My parents placed very high values on honesty and dependability, consistency, excellence. My mom was a fairly black and white kind of response type person about what was sin, what wasn't sin. My dad was very visionary. He was always capable of showing me where I could grow next. None of this is a problem in and of itself. It's really good. In fact, there's plenty of times when their gifts have been exactly what was needed in various situations. But mixed with a kid who is convinced, and I didn't know it at the time, was convinced that love was earned rather than I was loved regardless. But that there was, I thought there was more love and attention possible if I did what people liked. If I did the things the way God wanted them done, he would love me more. It certainly seemed that way with my parents. Trouble was, I really stunk at being consistent. That wasn't really one of my strong points. Trying to do things correctly felt like torture. Sometimes because inevitably there was something else I could have done better. I could have improved upon that. And since unconditional love isn't hinged on performance, My efforts didn't really pay off with quite the celebration I thought they deserved. So as a result, I really longed to get out of the whole deal. If I couldn't get it right 100% of the time and achieve ultimate love, then why bother trying to get it right any of the time? Therefore, I would resort to selfishness, stubbornness, frustration. I'd insist on my way because there really wasn't getting me what I wanted anyhow. In short, I had kind of a skewed view of what love looked like. I didn't experience it like I thought it should be. When I made efforts to give it 
Similarly to others, it didn't always have the positive results I was longing for. I believe that our love for God is reflected in how we love others. If that's the case for you, you may want to take a look and see what deal have you made and how that looks. I know the deal that I had made at the time was my giving love to others means that they'll like me more. And so that's how I was associating with God at that time. Here's some of these deals that I made. First, unconditional love means that you have to live up to your end of the bargain loving me and all my mess, regardless of how I show up. Makes sense. Unconditional, right? But I should also be able to show love to you on a sliding scale of how much I feel like it on any given day and base my attention on that. How do you show up in relationships? Let me tell you, this particular theory doesn't turn out so well. Looking back on my relationship with my parents, I actually think they played this game rather well. I'm really ashamed that I didn't even realize that things that I did made them feel anything other than angry until I was well in my teen years. I definitely got the fact that certain things I did made them feel mad. That was obvious. But to think that my actions ever grieved them or made them cry because or caused them to question their parenting may maybe it made them feel inadequate or wonder if they missed something i never thought about it and they really didn't show it very often if at all it never entered my mind and they never told me that i can remember so i expected them to roll over with glee and when I behaved and when I didn't, eh, it wasn't any big deal. I, they would get mad, but I hadn't heard anything. Is that the truth, though? I, I think no. <laughs> if we love, we show love. And if we love unconditionally, then that really means recognizing that it goes both ways. That unconditional means I'm going to love you regardless of how you show up, but then it's part of me too. I'm going to love you regardless of how you show up. That can be very challenging, but it is what we're called to, and it is the example that Christ set for us on the cross. The second way that I created this little deal was I really thought unconditional love meant that there was like this basic love level. And if I got on a good side of someone by doing what they liked, then they'd like me more if I acted like them. I thought of unconditional love as a baseline, not love so much that you couldn't possibly love any more but rather this love that was steady, kind of enough, shall we say. The trouble is that in this situation where I was craving more and more, I wasn't actually craving love. I didn't really recognize that I was loved unconditionally, which meant 
whether I did something wrong or awesome, I couldn't be loved any more than I already was. What I was craving was attention, was glory, was to be accepted, to have somebody tell me that I'm doing it right. And I gradually came to think that if I behaved more like those around me, I would gain more positive attention. What I discovered is actually the reverse is true more often than not. And I would be so hurt and discouraged and frustrated that my love was ignored. Let me explain what I mean by the opposite was true. One time I noticed myself becoming more and more interested in connecting with a certain group of people. And during that time, I wasn't living like them. I wasn't behaving like them. But because they were willing to, what I thought, accept me for who I was, show interest in me, which looked like unconditional love to me, I wanted to be more like them. But there was this screwy piece of, if I become more like them, then I will grow closer to them and I will become have deeper relationships with them. What happened though, was there was this twisted piece on both sides. I had it messed up, but they also had it messed up. You see, because they were not really, at least from my perspective, it wasn't really that they were loving me unconditionally. It was that they were gaining, they were gaining, I guess, kind of like, um, Pride, not not in, but like feeling good about yourself because you're helping somebody. This idea that I'm doing my job by helping with a project and I was the project. And as I became more and more similar to what they were doing, they became closer and closer to feeling like the project was done and their attention went to the next project. So what I found was the more I became like them, the more I tried to gain more depth and more love, the further away they got from giving me attention because I was the project. They would go find a different project, which felt very unloving to me. Like, oh, I'm, I wanted this love and, and it's walking away. So I really didn't get what I wanted there. But I remember longing this way for the attention of my siblings same idea. I also remember longing for attention from new coworkers, from mentors this way. I didn't want to just be liked. My weak spot is that I crave being liked like a drug. It's an addiction almost. I'm aware of it really clearly now, but and I still have to do regular check-ins sometimes to see, wait, am I really loving unconditionally? Am I really choosing to behave this way because this is who I am? Or am I just trying to gain favor from someone else? That's certainly not how love works with God. And I don't want that attitude running the show. But it's a little one of those things in the back that kind of rears its ugly head and I have to check on it every now and then. 
you know, I think my grandma and my husband, Brandon, were the first people in my life to really interrupt this pattern of behavior, craving being liked, trying to win favor by becoming more like the person that that the individuals wanted me to be than feeling like a failure and throwing my hands up and jumping off the deep end. But oddly enough, I think because their love was steady, regardless of how I showed up, I discovered that their love wasn't phased by my immaturity and neither was it phased by my overgifting and overgiving either. It's partly because their emotional makeup doesn't really allow for them to be super expressive, either for good or ill. They're more of a steady line. And that resulted in me learning just how steady it was, that in fact, nothing could change their love. Because the grand gestures couldn't change it to excitement and glee and over-the-top thanks and affirmation and also the failures and disappointments didn't change it. That's when I finally started to glimpse a little bit at what unconditional love looks like from my God. Does this ever show up in your relationships, I wonder? In either your attempts to love other people and your emotions get in the way or in your reception of love from others. Have you ever considered that an over-the-top response and attention to someone's gift could actually be reinforcing a false pattern of belief about the love of God? I know I definitely was clueless about this until years into my coaching journey and have only been recently able to articulate it. But you don't have to wait that long. You can have the chance to sort of check on it today and see if there's relationships where you're allowing that seesaw of performance to take effect. I remember sitting in a church service one time and listening to a woman say how excited she was that she was able to tell someone that God loved her and if she did what was right, he would love her more. And that day, my heart just sank because that is not the truth. The truth is that God loves us as much as he possibly could right now, which means there's nothing great you can do to make him love you more than he already does. There's nothing really awful that you can do to make him love you less because it's already at the max. Now, are there positive consequences from following God's commands? Absolutely, but it doesn't change his love to us. My encouragement to you is to really take this into your interactions with each other and your family and your friends and your extended family as you're going through you know, the holiday season, or maybe you listen to this podcast at a different time of the year. Who are those people in your life that you find really challenging to love? Is it because they just aren't showing up the way you would? Is it because you can't anticipate how they're going to behave? I know one of my friends, I can never really 
plan on how they're going to behave, how they're really going to show up. They're really random and kind of spastic in how they live life. That's, that's probably the word for it, spastic. And I have a child that's a little bit like that too. It's fun because it's spontaneous and it brings some excitement and surprise into life. But if you're a person who really is in a situation where you're really serious and you are trying to control the situation, it can be very frustrating. And so during those times, I would sometimes find myself wanting to just clamp down on the person and get them to, to come into my way of doing it. But unconditional love means accepting them how they are letting them be messy or letting them be weird and unpredictable and me choosing who I'm going to be and showing love in spite of that. So that's my encouragement to you for love today. And as we, as I wrap up, I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. I really do. First one is I really do think that in order to truly love God, you must love others. Because the Bible talks about so often that if we love God, then we will feed his sheep. If we love him, we'll keep his commandments. One of his commandments, a number of his commandments, involve showing love to other people, even when they don't feel, when it doesn't feel like they've been very loving to us. And finally, Let's remember what love really looks like instead of this. I'm going to love people who treat me like I deserve it. You know, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't behave itself unseemingly. It's not easily provoked. It seeks not its own. It doesn't rejoice in evil. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. I think that that unconditional love that we are challenged to show other people really is outside of where we feel comfortable, where we feel like we're getting what we deserved, where we feel like people are treating us in a kind way. And so it makes it easy for us to treat them in a kind way. So I encourage you today as you go out and interact with other people in your life, Who is someone today that you can really hone in on this idea of unconditional love and share it with them? What one step are you going to take today to take action on showing the unconditional love of God to someone else? And how can you better tap into feeling that unconditional love from God in your own life? I look forward to to hearing from you on the website And I look forward to talking with you next Thursday. Take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. 
a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?